Hi, this is Eric with Talking Crafts by Headway Art Collective. Hey everybody, Eric from Talking Crafts, back again. Uh, sorry for the little hiatus. Uh, sometimes you got to catch up on other projects uh, and get caught up, caught up with uh, real life. Uh, but tonight, I'm live, uh, we're live, at <laughs> Lansdale Tavern in the parking lot, uh, in the back, and I am with Andrew Carroll, Councilman Andrew Carroll, and beer connoisseur. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for having me. Why don't you give everybody a little brief history of yourself? Sure. For those that don't know. Yep. Um, so I grew up in um, northeast Philly and in, in the suburbs just outside of northeast Philly. Um, my parents are from Fox Chase area. My whole family's pretty much from Fox Chase area originally. Um, I have one older brother is five years older than me. He's married and has four kids. And I'm engaged and have a two-year-old daughter myself. And uh, I've been living in Lansdale for the better part of a decade and working here even longer and uh, been involved in the craft beer scene in the area and recently, as you know, became a councilman some, somehow. <laughs> yeah, some, yeah, somehow. I guess we'll get to that later. This but. happened. Um, recently, there was a pandemic, you know. Yeah, there was a pandemic and all of a sudden there was news that you were a councilman. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, I appreciate you jumping on with me tonight. This this yeah. is uh this is fun for me. Absolutely, it's good to be back at it again. I had a little uh, little break, like I said in the beginning. Um, let's talk about the recent events of you being appointed. Sure. During sure. a pandemic yeah. where everything was shut down. Yeah. So. Um, and I kind of I I remember it, and but it was very spontaneous. Like all of a sudden there was a announcement by our mayor. And boom, there you are. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things, like, it, it was, it was it, at the end, it was really spontaneous, but it started back in February. And um, the, uh, the previous councilman, um, Tom, had stepped down. He moved. It was nothing, you know, no, no scandal or anything like that. He just moved. And when you move, I think you have six months to let them know, and they have uh, X amount of time to, uh, to fill your seat. So... That process started for me in February when I read a post on Facebook from Lansdale that said, we're looking for a new councilman. Do you live in Ward 2? Are you interested? Blah, blah, blah. And I made first call to my fiance and said, do you think I'm crazy? You know, like, like would you be behind this if I get into it? It's now time. you don't have and to share her answer because I'm sure that I'll was a... I'll gladly <laughs> share her answer. She said, she said, if it's something that I want, and I'm just paraphrasing here, but she was, she said, if it's something that you want to do and, and you, know, you can find the time to do it and... You know, we can maintain our home lives and everything else and, and do something good for the town. And how could I stop you? Why would I stop? You know, so she That's was nothing awesome. but supportive from day one and up until today, you know, so and forward, I'm sure. Um, That's great, So it's man. lucky to have that, that support at home. And I was cautioned by a few other people that I called after that saying, make sure your family's on board with it because it's a lot of time. It's a lot more than anybody will tell you. Um, sure, sure. So. Um, well, what... So let me ask you this: What what inspired you to? I mean, you saw the opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah. was there an inspiration behind it to go? So I think I can do this. Yeah. Um, so I've I've never been one for like I never would have told if you asked me years ago would you be in politics at all? I no, I would not. You know, 
Um, and I'm not in this for, for politics, obviously. It's local. It's not, this isn't, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, True. No, re-arguing Supreme Court cases and, you know, like, this is, this is local politics. If you can't get behind making your town a better place to live for everybody, then, you know, I, I don't understand that. But for me, it's, it's about this whole new idea of kind of help shape the change you want to see. Right. And um, I love the, the rise in civics. I've always had an interest in civics and, and all this stuff, but it, I never would have guessed that I would have ever gone for something like this, you know. But, um, but for me, it was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to live in this town, and there's nine people that make the most important decisions in this sure. town. And um, thankfully, we have nine really good people. You know, we, we have a great council that, that works their you know, tails off to... Well, they really continue good. to make it grow and, and evolve. And that's what my answer was. Yep. Thank you so, so thank much. Thank you so much. We're looking downstairs to see if we have the Deschutes. It's uh, okay. Because I couldn't find it. It's okay. We're taking out. a beer order right now, so yeah, it's okay. We're taking a beer order. Any, any uh, IPA is fine. Do you want, we have Bell's Food Market on tap. That'd be great. Okay. Yep. Um, and then, yeah. I think Buddy might have forgotten to grab your beer. It's okay. Whatever. Yeah. Do you need them mm. chilled? Please. Please. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you chill them and bring them, whatever, that'd be great. Thanks so much. So This is the fun part about doing something live. I, that's why I wanted to do it live. That was why because when you said phone, I was like, no, like, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't want to do yeah, it Yeah, nobody phone. knows exactly what we're yeah. doing because we kind of like, you yeah. know, we have the hooked up mics right, right here. Right, but right. to yeah. anybody who walks up, it looks like we're yeah. just having a conversation. Yeah. So here you go, audience. You know, <laughs> you just heard us order our beers and a yeah. great explanation from our lovely waitress. Well, I love like the uh, I, I don't listen to it so much anymore, but like this American Life and stuff like that when they would do like live you know, live mm -hmm. spots. And like, I always thought that was great because then you know, you'd get like the atmosphere. I know they did one at uh, Goose Island one time and you know, some other places before, but I always like that feel of like yeah, it's very organic in the background yeah. and you know stuff like that. It makes it makes people feel like they're kind of in the room with you. So we were saying that there's nine uh, yeah, people yeah, yeah. So, um, that continue to want to grow and evolve exactly. Lansdale. Yeah, and I had to have phone conversations with all of them before we'll get more into the process of how it actually happens, because that's the weirdest part of all of it. But I had to have like preliminary phone calls with everybody just so they could ask me questions, I could ask them questions, and pretty much everybody had at least one question that was the same, and that was what would you do differently in this town? What are we doing wrong? What are we not doing that we should be doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know, different variations of that question. Well, before you get into that, sure. kind of you gave me a segue into my next question cool. for cool. you, which was what do you think needs to happen now? Right now? In lieu of this pandemic, in lieu of well, the shutdown for the town of Lansdale to evolve, so to, to come back, if you will. Um, as far as COVID's concerned, and again, like I'm just joining this as, as of August officially, but up until August, Lansdale's done a, a tremendous job of managing this. Um, for, you know, from the chief of police to the mayor to everybody, all the way down to the administrative staff at Pearl Hall, have just really worked hard to make sure that every resource was garnered and every opportunity that that we had for assistance or for, for state level assistance or federal level assistance, whatever it might be. Um, we made sure to get all of our ducks in a row, per se, and right. make, make sure that we were doing everything as a town that we could to not only get the resources, but the information, uh, which this, for you know, being in the beer industry and watching this happen, it was all about information, uh, especially for the first three or four months. And 
the bad information always comes out first. Sure. So every time information came out, you're like, well, this probably isn't true. And we're going to find out in three hours or four hours that so-and-so was misquoted or nobody, nobody had documents in front of them. There would be like press statements from Governor Wolf or whoever, um, but the documents wouldn't drop yet and people wouldn't even have a chance to review them and they're writing articles in the Inquirer about what the rules are when they never right. even read the actual document that states the rules. So being and able to have a single stream of info through our Barrow website and the Facebook pages and stuff like that to give the residents the, the info and the resources, that's been huge. So. And I, I think a lot of credit, uh, and, and this has got it, works his ass off. Yeah. Is Keith at North Bend now? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you look at he's one of the hardest working guys in the whole town. You know, I he's think go, he, he would was, go toe to toe with anybody on schedule. And absolutely, hours in. no problem. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I and think having he, that hyper local source of not only information that's but what I found. good. I'm stood. Woo -hoo -hoo. Me and uh, Katie stood yep. there and we stared at the can. It, I, it was on the right, like the third right, no, shelf no, up. We, we it's all good. Thank you so much. So we got a 19 ounce to shoot fresh squeeze. Freshly squeeze. That's Nine, a good. That's yeah. a solid go-to. That's a great beer. We're gonna yeah. talk more beer too. Yeah, we'll get back to beer. But uh, but yeah, definitely. I'm drinking a Brooklyn Lager. It's kind of a, a solid go-to. I think. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Brooklyn always makes a good yeah. beer. I always and love their Pennadale. Fun fact: um, Saranac does a lot of their contract brewing for them. So yeah. If you ever, yeah, up, up uh, Utica Club Saranac FX Map Brewing, which is if you're going to have to outsource your beer, that's the place to send it to. They've been doing it forever. Mm -hmm. But um, but yeah, as far as the Barrows' response and and you know, and Keith, Keith Keith being a, a just a completely pivotal part of it because Keith Keith doesn't try to be first. Keith tries to be right. Keith doesn't give a shit if. The reporter gets a, a, a bad article up before him. Right. His correct article will be coming ten minutes later, and then you can watch the reporter shift the tone on their article and, and add an addendum. But it's like sure. people like Keith and and Bruce, who we mentioned earlier, that who, who works with Keith and uh, and a few others that really he was just a beast during the whole thing. He was a beast. The guy was putting out like eight or nine articles a day sometimes. Yeah. You know, I'm sure more some days. And so that, thank you, Keith. Yeah, thank you, Keith. And there was other shit going on, too. There was more than just a pandemic going <laughs> yeah. on, too. Like, there was other, like, life was still happening. Exactly. Like, life still went on. There was still... We were still getting you know, I mean, write-ups about wheelie really kids. We recently had this horrible <laughs> incident in Gwynedd where the guy was, was shooting at cops, yeah. you know? And, like, this is the stuff that worries me about the pandemic. And this is the stuff that I'm glad to see that people are paying attention to is... The, the fallout from this pandemic goes way beyond just, just the initial sickness of people and COVID sickness. Sure. You're talking about financial hardships, you're talking about emotional hardships, you're talking about family hardships. And I was lucky enough to go tour the police department this week and brought up some of that stuff and they're they're all over it already. Yeah. You know, they they are well aware of what what we are looking down the barrel of and they are adjusting tack accordingly and, you know, more vigilant than ever. And they weren't not vigilant before. Let's put it sure. that way, you know. So sure. to see the action being taken on their behalf to make sure that people are getting the help they need, people are getting attended to the way they need, and, you know, because there's just this whole other crisis that's looming right behind COVID. And I don't think a lot sure. of people talk about that. And I think that's something that nobody yeah. realizes. Yeah. There's the yeah. aftermath. There's a lot coming. A lot coming, right? Commercial real estate stuff like that. You know, sure. businesses going out of business. Local, and, small you know, business owner. You what's, got small business owners. You have landlords. See you guys. Have a good night.
you know, the, uh, the overall economic impact of this thing on a town of 16,000 people, right? you know, whatever, we're, we're probably closer to 18 now from what I recently heard. But anyway, like, it's going to be tremendous. It's mm -hmm. going to be tremendous. And it's going to take a long time to bounce back from. But if you put the right plans in place and you, you help get people the resources, Monco's doing a really nice grant program to give people some rent and utilities assistance and sure. Lansdale's working on a project for some utility assistance and there's there's things that are happening where we're going to try and get some life jackets for people and you know because I I hesitate to say it but you know we the worst may not have come yet we don't right. know we don't and let's know. hope let's hope we're on the other side of it but we have to act as if we don't know what the we don't yeah. next. I agree you with know? you on that there, there's so a, there's a magnitude of vigilant and keep sharp and not get right. laxed now because otherwise it was all for nothing you know well i think montgomery county in general has been uh, for lack of better words killing it on and no, uh, maybe that's remember not the right we were word the epicenter we were the epicenter and now was? we are doesn't that seem like it was six years ago yeah yeah thank and you and that was in april Right. We were the epicenter. We were like number two in the country. But now we're close to New Zealand numbers. But the reason we were number two in the country was because we were paying attention. Because mm -hmm. we started trying to get the testing in as early as it was available and stuff like that. And, and as soon as it was available, we were testing more than anybody around here. And right. I, I, I'm of the belief test everybody that wants to test if you can, obviously. Um, the number you need data in times like this. You need to build data. You need good, strong data. The doctors all agree on that. Way smarter people than me all agree that it's nothing without data. So right. we were kind of, I guess, lucky in that respect because since we were the epicenter, quote unquote, we got resources sent to us faster than you know people in Poughkeepsie or whatever you know, sure. or somewhere you know out in the middle of nowhere, you know. Could get anything, you know. Right. And we were lucky that that the feds had our back on that and made sure that we were getting the resources we needed early and, and often. Um, yeah, because I remember as soon yeah. as it hit, it was like, boom. Yep. Here we are. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, Montgomery County Community College yeah. testing site. Yeah. I mean, like within a day. Yeah. It was the yeah. response time was phenomenal. I will say that. Yeah. So it's crazy. You know? I and again, this was. This was March 15th. It was a Sunday. It was the, that was the day that Wolf made the announcement that he was going to shut, start the shutdown. Um, that and was funny the, enough, that, that was, was my last day of tattooing. That was two weeks. Yeah. This was when two weeks stomped the curve, all that, you know, well-intentioned stuff at the time. And I, ironically, we kind of knew something was coming, obviously. We knew it was about to get worse. So I called a meeting with a bunch of local breweries and owners and, and anybody that they wanted to bring from their teams to kind of get together and, and hive mind this. And we had uh, Steve Malgari, our state rep, was in attendance as well right. um, to just offer us some, the, I, I hesitate to say guidance because there was no guidance at the time, but what Steve did was Steve laid out for us, here's what you need to look at and here's what you need to watch and here's who you can talk to. And here's some, re they had some initial resources. They did have a packet, which was crazy to think. Again, like March 15th, they had a packet already, you know, right. they were way ahead, way ahead. And this is that state level stuff. So like we were way ahead of a lot of people and um, having that early reassurance that 
our concerns were being met at the state level was really good. It made uh, everybody left that meeting feeling great. And then by the time we all got home, the announcement had come out. It, it was official. Sure. It was basically happening as we were in our meeting. We didn't know it because we were in a meeting and the press conference was going on. Going and on we, as and you all of our phones started blowing up within a half hour after it was over. And that was when the shutdown happened yeah. two days before St. Patrick's Day 2020. Yeah. I remember you know? St. Patty's Day. Yeah. Um, I was at Lisa's house for St. Patty's Day. Yeah. And it was so weird in a sense because there was an there was an eerie feeling outside. You weren't sure what was going on. Yep. But I remember the Dropkick Murphys doing a <laughs> concert. Yeah. In a closed off nobody knew where they were. Um venue. Right. Right, I remember that they played at uh, Fenway, right? No, no, this or, was oh, right before that Patty's happened. Day, I'm sorry, undisclosed okay. location at a bar in Boston. Oh, okay, okay. And they were like, "This is what it is right now. This right. is what we're doing. This is how this is how concerts are going to be." It was wild, and we're sitting there, and I'm, I remember it's St. Patty's. I'm like, "Oh, it's my favorite time of the year. Yeah, like, we're yeah. supposed to be out." Big day in my industry. Yeah, <laughs> and here we are. We're yeah. watching it. It was the first live stream concert I witnessed. For a quarantine. Yeah. Well, it's funny but, you say. Dropkick, and now it's like, oh, I, well. I watched their Fenway show. Here's the Fenway show, yeah. yeah. And that was awesome. Yeah, wasn't that it great? That was so good. Me and my neighbor sat my iPad on the rail. We're in row houses. Sat the iPad on the common rail and sat there and had a couple beers and watched yeah. the Dropkick Murphys play. I was at my buddy Bill's house yeah. and he had it on. He's got this big, mm-hmm. you know, 75 inch TV yeah. or some, something like that. I'm a ridiculous. big Ben Folds fan too. And I, I haven't watched most of them, or actually, I think I've only watched one of them, but he did like. 20 weeks of live from home concerts every yeah. Saturday night. He was broadcasting at like seven o'clock, and because uh, he was stuck in Australia, he was on a, in Australia for whatever reason or another, and got stuck down there because of the travel ban. Well, the travel ban, you know. But yeah, seeing seeing the, it's kind of like um, what was it, Dunkirk, you know, with mm-hmm. all the boats. But seeing all the different ways that that celebrities and just normal people found ways to help out a little bit here and a little bit there along yeah. the way. Julie uh, Grooms, one of the administrator for uh, Discover Lansdale, I know Julie, started yeah. making you know Julie started making masks. Her and her mom had uh, they had two sewing machines. They had a bunch of fabric. Started making masks. She puts it on Facebook. Who needs masks? I'm making masks. We're not selling them. If you want to do anything, donate money to Mana because they're going to need it more than you know ever. Well, funny so, enough, my sister yeah. has a sewing machine, and she was, she it was just her. Mm-hmm. She was making masks, and yep. anybody, any nurse that lives in her neighborhood, she yeah. was handing anywhere between, I would say, 15 and 30 masks yep. every two days to them yep. going here. Hand them out. Give them she borrowed the material herself and said, here. Needs them. Yeah. And who so, would have thought that at the beginning of this, that the grocery store clerks and the seamstresses would have been the heroes? Not to discredit the doctors and the nurses and all them, but right. the unsung heroes are the people that just either said, I can help, nobody asked me to help, but I know I can help, I know a way I can help, and I'm gonna do it, and then I'm gonna put it out there, or the poor kids bagging groceries and stocking shelves that had to keep going to work for $11 an hour when everybody else was staying the hell home or running to the grocery store, waiting in lines, arguing with people, fighting with people, these people still showed up to work People getting punched in the faces in grocery stores because they had yeah. customers wearing masks, and they still showed up well, to the, work. The, the Wawa worker. Let's let's face yeah, Wawa. Yeah. I mean, they are mm-hmm. the small convenient store. You can go right and get milk. You can get right. this and get that. Right. 
But there they were, yep. every day, yep. doing what they had and to the do. the only way I think they actually got Shout early approval was the gas. Yeah. Because they had gas, they were considered essential. Essential. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are a grocery as well, so they might have gotten through that way, but a big part of it. But Wawa said early, too, which I, I, I don't want to misquote them or anything, but they basically said, we're going to do this as long as we can do it safe. Right. And if it's not safe, we're going to stop. You know? stop. And yeah. they did, or at store levels, you know, you'd see the stores were getting closed. But places like, you know, Wawa and Chick-fil-A, and I, I shop at ShopRite. ShopRite did a killer job. Like, mm. they just... The, overnight, all these companies just shifted how they did business. How they did, yeah. And not only shifted, but shifted in a way that it was life or death, essentially, you know? Well, it's yeah. almost like the craft beer industry. Yeah. You had to redo a business model that worked for you so yeah. long. Yeah. On a dime's notice. Yep. One of the owners at Wellcrafted put it really well. He said, we just had to zoom out of our business and not think of it as one business, but think of it as a stock portfolio. Wow, and yeah. We had to look at what do we have in the portfolio? What can we move? What do we hold? What do we sell? What do, you know? And they had to just be very cautious and diligent with what they had and what they did with it and what they were gonna get and what they were gonna do with that and so on and so forth. So, but to, to look at it, that business practicality really for them, you know, I, I don't wanna say save them, but, but really help them come through this. Come through, you know? yeah. Um, they saved themselves, obviously, you know. Sure. Um, but, uh, but for the, that industry especially, craft beer in this state is, is a huge, huge, huge part of the economy. Absolutely. And not only just the breweries, but all the, you know, uh, fringe stuff around it, all these little the things. Bottle that, shops, the bottle shops. The bottle right. shops. The guy that sells cans out in, you know, King of Prussia and like all these other barrel companies. There's guys that make their livings buying tractor trailer loads of barrels and selling them to breweries. Sure. And guess what? It all kept going. Yeah. And somehow all kept going. Everybody kept showing up to work. And I had a conversation with my, my brother back in, this was probably April. And he said, why, why are you still going to work? Why don't you just, why don't you just take a couple weeks off, stay with the family? And I said, it's going to sound stupid, but people, I don't want to say they need us, but we're bringing them comfort, you right. know? Um, to say they need us is greedy. That's that's I don't say that's accurate, but we were all kind of in it together. And every day in those early months, every single person that came in wasn't even just picking up beer; they were talking. They were, they were trying talking. to, you know, just. Well, vent. I remember. And maybe maybe they, they, you know, their husband or their wife or whoever was at home, and they just need to get out of the house for a little bit, or maybe the right. kid was screaming all night, and they just needed to get out when they were trying to stay home so much. But it, it gave them a place to go. It gave them somebody to chat with. And then they picked up some beer and they go home and sit on their porch and crack a beer and, and relax and, and try and bring some normalcy. Yeah. So as sappy as that all sounds, I believe it's true. But you know what? Same with takeout food, too. You and know, and I, I can was, agree with you on you that. Know. And I can, I can say this, that, you know, when I was driving and delivering beer with Well Crafted, yeah. you know, um, and they, they extended the radius, I remember going to houses and people were so excited that I pulled up. And I think it was just an interaction. I think it was. They've been in. It was it wasn't even it wasn't, just about the beer? It wasn't then. about the beer. They were excited to have their yep. favorite beer. Let's yep. let's be honest. That's, that's part of it. That's but it wasn't. It. That wasn't but all. It certainly wasn't. There were all moments of it. where I yeah. talked to people and said, "Hey, how you holding up? You okay? You yeah. good? Everything well?" And they're yeah. like, "We're getting through it. We're okay. Yeah. We're doing this. We're doing that." Yeah. Um, but thank you for driving out here. Thank you for taking the precautions. And 
you know, you just you drove away and you were like, I feel like I I, I did something. I know right exactly. Today. I was I was in, I was bombing around doing the same thing at the same time. I was yeah. in the different houses, you know, and um, it's 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 it was very inspiring. It really was, and I've always you know? said like that's what, and I know we'll talk more about beer later, but like craft beer industry there's no other industry on earth that i know of it's anything near it right. as far as the the camaraderie and the we're all in this together you have seven thousand breweries that control like 10 to 12 percent of the market share and six breweries that control the rest of it right so you have so many people that are in these tiny little boats together that that just rely on each other and help each other and help their communities and like they do so much. It's so crazy to think about it. So, the old taverns is what it really has become. It's the new tavern. It's, sure. It's, it's the same places that America was founded in. Kind of went away, and now I feel like they're coming back. Coming back. You know, in a big way. Absolutely. You know? So, you know, and again, you're doing... I should hand you over the phone because... <laughs> <laughs> my question next was the craft beer industry after this is over after there's yeah. more of a normalcy and we get back to what life was yeah where do you see the craft beer industry going from here on bigger and stronger than ever yeah bigger and stronger than ever just went through the worst hopefully the worst thing they'll ever have up until now it was the great hop shortage of 2015 that everybody talked you know and things like that right that i remember that about. yeah i think it was 2015 it was somewhere around there but uh you know for an industry that's pretty don't have a lot of complaints usually out of the craft beer you know, teams you know sure. everybody yeah. could be busier and everybody could be you know have a bigger setup or anything yeah i'm sure Produce but for the most part this, yeah for the most part you're not going to hear a whole lot of complaints um but i think that the the teams that existed and were forged in this time you're going to see dynamite things come out of them you got people that have right. you know that were already working close together most you're talking most craft breweries you know are probably like half the size of well-crafted, you know? Because most craft breweries are really, really small places. Sure. Talking like five or six people that run the whole operation. Right. You know, then you have your victories and your, your medium level and, and higher level, your yards, where you're talking hundreds, if not maybe thousands of people running the show, but most, the normal craft brewery is smaller than your local bar. Right. You know, the tavern here probably has triple the employees that most craft breweries have. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's just and a I function th of, you know, it's a very expensive industry to get into. Payroll is, it can, can tank any industry. So everybody just has to work their butt off and do four different jobs to make it happen. Yeah. And I think yeah. this, I think this kind of, I'm going to use this word loosely, but forced the industry to think outside the box. For sure. And get really creative. For sure. For sure. How do we get QR we, codes on tables now? Right. Do you think you'd ever see that day? No. Do you ever laugh well, about how here, stupid a QR code was when somebody put it on something was? Because I have. I've laughed in marketing <laughs> about it. And I'm foolish me now. I'll eat that crow all day. But exactly. Like, like, who the fuck uses QR codes? So, funny story, everyone. <laughs> but now. Before we were here. Yeah, they're saving lives. <laughs> Andrew and I were supposed to meet at uh, Well Crafted to do a yeah. live recording there. But. There was trivia there, and the sound and the background noise was a little much to do a live recording. But as Andrew just said, I was sitting here, and um, yes, can we? Could you ask Buddy about the punch in the pumpkin from Wellcrafted? I just checked on them, and they're not fully cold yet. They're getting there. They're getting do there. You want? You want me to bring one can out right now? No. You know what? 
Um, I got time. I got time. Okay. I'll do one more Brooklyn Lager, okay. and then maybe by then, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll end up with that. Oh, not yet, but I'll let you know. Thank you. Yep. I will. Yeah, I just I was mm-hmm. going to bring them out because I figured you guys would be ready for it, and I just checked, and it's like the bottom half is cold, and it's not fully cold yet. It's all good. We want cold beer. Yeah. Well, thank all right, you so the much. can. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But here I am seeing it well-crafted. Uh, I'm talking to, to Kim and Krista, and I'm scanning the table for the beer menu and then the food menu. Yeah. And I went, this is so, this is 2020. And like, that's not going away either. And that's not going away. That's not going away. No. Nope. Why? Why would it? Yeah. Because it works. You know, you can still have a few printed menus on hand if people don't have a smartphone or whatever, and we do right. over there, but... Uh, yeah, things like as simple as that, you know, are, are going to definitely be here to stay. All these places pivoting to delivery models, that's going to stay. That's going to stay. Um, curbside. Curbside is going to stay. Lansdale's working on an ordinance to get 15-minute parking spaces permanently installed around the borough to support businesses that will benefit from them. Wow, that's so, incredible. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's... Now, isn't that awesome? So they're working on getting, like, a proper law in the books. Because right now, there isn't such a thing as a 15-minute parking space in this town. If you can no, believe that. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like, the shit... You'd think that's, like, so easy. But no. It's it's, it's yeah. time. It's people. Thank it's you so much. legal documents and all this shit. So nobody ever did it before because it wasn't an issue. Now we're going to have it on the books. You now know what? You know, you, yeah, you just pointed something out. I never realized, yeah, there's no... You know, just for something like this to happen, I mean, it's, it sounds trivial, but like, you're probably talking, like four grand five grand just to you know in legal and stuff like that and advertising in newspapers that we're going to do this thing but so they never took the time to do it before but you have businesses like Worcester's barbecue where mike we had a meeting months ago on zoom of some of the small business owners and council and everybody had like a nice big um town hall if you may and mike Worcester's only request was please do not take away my two parking spaces they've been the lifeblood of my business yeah Two, then that's that's all that's that all man needs. needed from this town was two parking spaces, and and the town said done. Done. Since we're under emergency order right now, the the chief of police and the mayor have pretty incredible powers, so they can they can put that sign there now. But once the emergency declaration is over, that sign has to actually legally go away. So that's why we're working on this new mechanism to put in mm. permanent signs, and they're looking at specifically that corner of Main and Wood. They're, I think they're trying to hit all four corners with two 15-minute okay. spots, ideally. That's the rough plan. It's not. It's yeah. still in the works. Because you got backyard beans. You got, got stove and Backyard beans said the same thing. Is that They asked Matt in the public safety meeting, you know, Matt, if you need this to keep going, he's like, do I need it? No. Would it be great if I had it? Absolutely. You know? And do I care if somebody parks in my 15-minute spot and runs over and gets pretzels? No. I don't care at all. It's not right. my spot. It's a town spot. You know? So they've all been, all the small business owners have been, really pragmatic and really work together for common solutions and seeing that, yeah. sh- that that's that's why i'm doing this stuff that's why i wanted to get into and there's your inspiration come full circle there's your inspiration there it is there was you know because you know i like seeing people not throw rocks at each other like let's just right. help each other right jen sells candles mike sells barbecue you know the team at wellcrafted sells beer like why can't we all help each other right you know? Right. No, I get it. <coughs> you are, Pardon me. and you said in the beginning of the show, yeah. you're a, a new dad in a sense. Mm-hmm. You have a two-year-old, correct? I do. Yep, and, Vivian. Uh, that, that's a fun age. She is. She is a piece of work, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> in a good way. But yeah, she's, she got me through all this, man. Her, and, her and, and Shuri were my rocks through this. Yeah. You know. Whole new adventure, though. Yeah. 
yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, my son's nine. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember, yeah. you know, when I was when I was married, saying, you know, I, we didn't really have the terrible twos, but we had like the goober threes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where you looked at them, was like, what's going on? Like, are you like? <laughs> We were saying two months ago, like, she's just so calm. It's wonderful. I don't yeah. know what people and are talking about. And then all of a sudden, three Light hit. Light switch. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Well, with me, all of a sudden, three hit, and I was like, what is this child doing? Yeah, yeah. Um, being a new father, I mean, there's there's another source of inspiration for you. Right? Oh, for sure. You're now, and, and I think parents will understand, you know, there's a light switch that goes on. Yep. And you go, I got to mold a future. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, looking now at your life, would there be one thing you would tell your 18-year-old self? You know... And what uh, would it be? And that's... So, my 18-year-old self probably wouldn't have listened to me, for one. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. But if I could tell them... That's true, too. If I could tell them, and it wouldn't... It, it would just probably be... Um, be humble. That's one That's one I'm trying really hard with myself in life, is to just keep a really positive and humble attitude. I don't always achieve that. I, try, I shoot for it, but mm. I don't always hit it on the head. But, um, you know, confidence is good and all, but uh, humility will, will get you a long way. Right. And, uh, you know, but for the most part, I would probably tell myself, try and get to exactly where I'm at right now because uh, I'm not a super spiritual person, but I do believe our choices and, and our decisions along the way are dictating and set the path that we end up on. And any other path, I don't have Vivi, and I'm sure. happy I got her, and I'm happy I have Cherie, and I'm happy I have my life. So just try and not skew the average too hard like you know no, but no, I get it, maybe yeah. soften some of the edges along the way but i, I if if I, if I could tell myself something to end up right where i'm at right now i think that'd be pretty cool i don't I always want to say back to the future you know change right. change the path, you know, but uh, yeah. you know i don't want a different outcome i'm happy with this outcome you know yeah. so there yeah. are there are and for whatever belief you have there are blessings along your way absolutely that you can look back on yeah. and go there's a moment yep yeah, I was blessed oh, with this. Oh, for sure. And I got a lot of them. I'm lucky, lucky I, well, for that, man. And um, I'm sure now you can agree, but becoming a father yeah. stands out the most. Yeah, it's huge. You know, like, I love being a dad. And, and and even the retrospect you get from it, because I was lucky. I had a, I have, still have, not in past tense, I have an awesome dad. I mean, my dad's been a mm. great man, a great role model my whole life. My mom's awesome as well. Like, two really wonderful parents that never did anything but love us. And, uh, right. And raised us as, as as best they could through good times and bad. Yeah. And uh, having that inspiration, it's, it's a hard target to shoot for. But I'm going to try and shoot for it. You know. And there were some. Well, not everybody has. Not everybody's lucky enough to have that. I, absolutely. I was. I was. You know. And, uh, I, and, and I, I don't. Can agree. I don't want to regret that ever. I don't ever want to take that for granted. Sure. My parents. There's took some us hard places. Shoes to fill, man. They took us places. They showed us things. They introduced yeah. us to people and cultures and societies and. They worked their asses off to do it, you know. We weren't rich, but you never would have known it, you know. Like, yeah. and my dad worked three Are jobs. Are we related? Because you're, yeah. you're, you're well, spewing from, the same. We're, we're practically life. paisan. We're from yeah. the same, you know, <laughs> same part of Northeast Philly. Yeah, we're just a few blocks but, away. Exactly. And I was, I was uh, first we're down Cotman a little further. Well, the first house I went home to was on um, Oxford Circle on okay. uh, Ripley, or not Ripley. That's the Fox Chase one. Um, shit, what was the street? Van Kirk Street. Van Kirk, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, not far at all. I was at Cotman and Bernard, right yeah, next to St. Matt's. Exactly. And, then um, moved out here. Yeah, and then we moved to the suburbs. I was a baby when we moved to the suburbs, but I went to grade school in, in North in, at St. Chris in Northeast Philly. So I feel like I grew up in Northeast Philly, even though I lived 500 feet yeah. over the border in Feasterville. But um, but yeah, like we were just so lucky that my parents put things like education and mm -hmm. travel and culture really at the forefront of our lives. Art took us to concerts, took us to plays, took me to Broadway, took us everywhere. Oh, you, know. you are literally spewing yeah. my exact life. Yeah, and, and you can't replace that. Like, I'm going to flavor later this. In, later my first in life, concert yeah, sure. was with my folks, Yep. and it was Chicago. So mine was with my folks, and it was a rendition of The Who by Tommy, stage and full band. Can't beat it. At the, the newly built, at the time, Blockbuster E-Center, which is was became the Twitter and became the whatever, and da 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 what is we it? I don't even know the, what bank owns it now. We're, we were, I think we were at the Man Center, Center with the rotating yeah, yeah, yeah. stage. Yep, well, not yep. rotating, but mm -hmm. like it, it mm -hmm. 360. Yep, yep. Yeah, wild, yeah. man, yep. But My, yeah, um, they, that stuff was so important to us. Oh, absolutely. I remember we saw Starlight Express in Vegas, and my dad traveled a lot for work, and he was a Hilton member. Okay. It was at the Hilton, and he had the special card that from all those nights that he spent away, and he said, get me tickets for the family, get us the best seats in the house for Starlight Express. Right. They had to walk us across the stage into the orchestra pit to our seats. And I'll never forget, the, my mom loves the story. My brother said, do we have to wear costumes? Because we, we're sitting this close. But like, again, my dad took 60 business trips to get enough points to take us to the best seats in the house to see one of the best shows I've ever seen in my yeah. life on stage. It's all on roller skates. I don't know if you've ever seen Starlight Express. The whole thing's on roller skates. I, I, I have awesome. not. Andrew Lloyd Webber, awesome, yeah. awesome play. Nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my father took so us. I want to do all this shit now. Exactly. So, so right? now the bar is set way up. Yeah. But, uh, that's you know, the biggest challenge yeah. is how do yeah. I give this to my son yeah. or, you know, yeah. you to your daughter. And yeah. when our folks, my father, your father, your mother and father made it look so easy. Yeah. Like my old man would go, hey, we're, go we're taking a bus to New York yep. and we're going to go see um, Phantom of the Opera. Yep. Boom. We're yep. on a bus. Yep. We used to go in line for the twofers right in Times Square. <laughs> yeah. you know, are you familiar with that? Yeah. Yeah. And we would, you know, they just pick a show. And the Rockettes. They, they would just pick a show. They'd be like, all right, yeah, that's on the board. It sounds good. We'll go see that. Yeah. And we saw. It's like, like shooting a dart at a map and going, eh, whatever. we're headed there. We saw, we ended up seeing the one time, Laughter on the 23rd Floor, which is a Neil Simon uh, comedy. Okay. And uh, Cousin Larry from uh, Perfect Strangers. Mm -hmm. I always forget his name. Not Bronze, the other guy. Um, and Neil or Nathan Lane were starring it, and it was a block off Broadway, and this would have been in like '95 or so. You know, I saw Nathan Lane doing Neil Simon's yeah, Neil, work yeah. on stage. Come on, man! Yeah. Like you know, oh, like, know, it doesn't get much better than that if you're into that kind of stuff. You know, I know. My biggest thing, like for my father and I, uh, he's had season tickets to the Eagles since '70 something. Nice. And there was a point. Uh, where I was eight, and he said to my mother, "We're I'm taking him down to Eagles games from the, every Sunday from now on." Well, let's preface this with to the vet. To the vet, yeah. <laughs> so I always joke with whole different story and said I had two educations. Yeah, yeah. I had my schooling, right, and I had Veteran Stadium. Were you in the 700 level? No. <laughs> okay, but. <laughs> We saw a lot of shit go down I'm from sure our seats up in the 700 level. Yep. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's those, you know, and now we're still going. I mean, this was the first time, and it's so weird we're talking about this because this was the first time in 32 seasons we weren't at a home game together yeah. this yeah. past Sunday. It's crazy. And it was so weird. Crazy. I couldn't even turn it on. I couldn't watch it because that's that's right. our, our kickoff. Sure. That's our sure. kickoff to he and I, sure. father and son time, yep. boom, we're, we're yeah. in it, we're doing it. Yeah. And here we are. Yep. When we're not there. Yeah. It's we were crazy. supposed to do opening day this year. We used to do opening day. Every, I think I went to like 10 consecutive opening days for the Phillies. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad went on a lot of them with us as well. And we were supposed to do it again this year. And just didn't work out didn't this work year. Out. You yeah. know, which sucks because that's one that was always a fun one. Um, the only thing better than having season tickets in the family is having good friends that have season tickets. And Absolutely. <laughs> that, was, that was my luck through a lot of years. Uh, yeah. That was... Most of the Eagles games I went to was, was from my good friends, the Messianas, uh, uh, grandfather season tickets. And uh, that was always a, a nice treat. Let me ask you this. What's, um, what's one project you'd want to do, and would it be something that defined you? You're talking like in life or in Lansdale or whatever? Whatever you want to choose. Um, Let's go with life. With life, um, I think the best project right now will be, and we already kind of touched on it, I, I, it's sappy and all, but I look forward, when everybody was asking me like, what was I looking forward to most when, when we were pregnant with Vivi, I said I really look forward to having a 30-year-old daughter one day. And the reason I say that is because I feel like myself included, a lot of kids don't really, it takes time to fully blossom with your parents and then ultimately view them as you know the true mentors that they have been the whole time you just it just took you 30 years sure. to get there yeah, you know yeah. so that was always my answer was i always looked forward to having you know a, a, there's a love a there's a happy, hate there's a wander away and a then happy yeah. you know well-adjusted uh thriving 30 year old daughter and i'll be 64 at that time so that's a project that's going to take a little doing but uh, I think she's definitely capable of it, and I hope I am. And I know her mother is because she's she's on point with all that stuff. And I'm you know I'm just trying to do uh, do right by my daughter, and that's a big project. But like professionally, um, I used to have aspirations to be a filmmaker. Okay. And um, that never really goes away. I don't think it'll ever happen, but it's, it's, it's a nice little dream to still always have. And but it's something. I would love to be in some way involved in a, in, a, in a movie, like a real movie. Like we've made little silly movies with friends and stuff, but like that would be something that would be awesome. Even if it was like being like a beer advisor on a, on a movie or something, you know, like that something like that. Cool. Yeah. yeah, you know, like, yeah, uh, like, cause I keep saying like breweries ripe for a, for a sitcom and, uh, that would be cool. Something to be able to get involved in something like that, one way or another, professionally, that would be top of the mark. Okay. Uh, I like that. I like where. Yeah. You know, hey, listen, it's yeah. never too late. A few years ago, I probably would have said own a brewery, but I know better than that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot better than that now. And that's my, where we're going to stop that conversation. <laughs> well, my pockets are not deep enough to get into that game these yeah. days, man. It used to be. It used to be a lot different probably 15, 20 years ago, but now in this day and age, the breweries that open up are all loaded for bear. And yeah. to, to try and penetrate a market like that right now, it's, uh, 
It's a tough road to hoe, no matter oh, how yeah. good your beer is and how deep your pockets are. It's a tough road to hoe. Tough road, yeah. So I would, I think I'm, I'm very happy working at other people's <laughs> establishments for them and helping them uh, grow and grow evolve. and cultivate there and just being involved in the scene is really what it, a lot of it's about yeah. now. So, well, you know. that's why I love, you know, with Headway Art Collective, right? Sure. The relationships between the art and the brewery and the crafts. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's so intertwined on so many levels right. that I, I, I there's a unique relationship that I have mm -hmm. with Headway and the artists and then Headway in general with the breweries. Sure. That I, you know, there's, there's it's a like love the and mutual respect. admiration society almost, right? Yeah. Like it's just a whole bunch of people that can't do what the others can do and then respect each other for being able to do it and yeah. help, help levitate everybody else and, you know, hive mind yeah, at all. I, and I think that's so important, yeah. you know, and I, I think, you know, the key factor in all this right now is local supporting local. For sure. You know, and you For have sure. to have those multiple outlets of communities, boroughs, towns come together saying, this is what we're going to do. Yep. Yep. You know, in order to yeah. overcome this whole thing, yeah. this is what we need to a do. A lot of it, and, and you hit it there, like a lot of it, I, I'm realizing now more than ever how how much the community shapes itself kind of especially at, at like the council level they're making decisions that that will have decades of effect if not more on this town we have the third and walnut project coming in that's going to be 200, right, the new, um, 200 plus units i forget the exact number two i want to say like 230 units the luxor well, right. no, Luxor's not, another one. Oh, that's third and Walnut one. is, I think Third and Walnut's the furthest along, which is where the old bar used to be on Walnut and Third Street there. Um, okay. But this is going to be a six-story high-rise with a subterranean automated parking garage. It's the highest density housing in Montgomery County. It's comparable housing density to inner cities, basically. It's something that just does not exist anywhere, anywhere in else. this county. Right. And we're going to have the first one of its kind. Incidentally, we're going to have the only one of its kind in this neighborhood, at least, because we just passed some zoning ordinances sure. where you can't do this again. This is the one. Nothing else will ever be this dense or this big, this close to the center of town. It right. won't, it but won't there's happen. Progress. There's... It's progress. And there's two more on the way that aren't yeah. quite as big or quite as dense, but they're also going to be tremendous projects. That's amazing. The town needs people, in my opinion. It has oh. some wonderful people here. I think it needs we have a whole bunch more. Way. Oh. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. There we go. So, for a town of our size to thrive, the number has to go up, you know. So, we're, we're recording live. Okay. If you want to say hello. Hi. you have a shout out for anybody? Um, well, you can tell everybody who you are. I'm Saranya. Our wonderful waitress here at the LT. <laughs> who has well, been I was just telling them how on point all night. Beer sounds. It's really good. Make sure they share some with you. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, buddy, I need this. Yeah. Shift. Yeah. Where is is Buddy inside? Yeah. I think he should come out and join us real quick for. Uh -huh. Tell him to bring a little. Well, bring a glass. Like a and, glass. Yeah, yeah, I'll share some of mine with him. Join us. I don't need all this coffee. Split that into some glasses for yourself and the other bartenders and Buddy. Okay. Yeah. Right. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't like drink off it or anything. Don't worry. If he can, yeah, if he's got a minute. Join us. Why not? Yeah. Buddy and his better half, Julie, are the new proprietors here. It was just fantastic. I mean, we were here, what, like a month after they took over, right? Yeah. For Keith's uh, engagement party. Yeah. 
Yeah, right? Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a fun way to spend a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I was here, right? now. We were. We, we were. we were here <laughs> no, and I'm there. Kidding. Yeah, we were at the underground. We were here. Yeah. We yeah. were all over. I, I stopped at Frank's Pizza on my walk home. It was great. <laughs> I mean, who better yeah. of a couple? Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, for them that, to steward to, this to into this its next generation, for sure, man. Absolutely. Yeah. And 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 the revitalization they did to this. Well, yeah. Time. And you want to talk about pivoting and adapting and all that? I mean, they have yeah. a POS here now. Can you imagine that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not getting so, handwritten checks anymore. <laughs> just to fill everybody in, yeah. when I left Wellcrafted, I bought a four-pack of Punch in the Pumpkin Imperial Pumpkin Ale with coffee, brewed at Wellcrafted Beer Company in Lansdale. And I bought it here for Julian Buddy to try. And Buddy was kind enough to say, hey, you and Andrew have a can each and we'll we'll sip it. So we are now switching gears over to this pumpkin beer that I have not yet to try. And Fantastic. I waited because I was at Wellcrafted and I was like, no, I'm going to go got, with... And it's got the punch in the face cold brew in it as well. Yeah. Still clocks out at 8.1%, so it's a... It is an 8.1% It's still, it's still a hammer of a pumpkin beer, but man, it's so smooth. Now, I will say this. I haven't had a pumpkin beer in quite a long time because I ruined myself one day yeah. on pump and we won't go into that that's a yeah. tale for another time but. when I used to work for Saranac they, I, I don't think I had ever really had a pumpkin beer before then and that's one of their biggest beers is mm-hmm. their pumpkin and you got so much of it for your samples and I, I just remember being like oh I don't ever want to drink another pumpkin beer again like because whatever you didn't sample out was yours to keep and uh, ended up with a lot of pumpkin beer at the end this, however, this is a this, this might is, be my favorite pumpkin beer ever. This is right there with Dogfish's uh, pumpkin, pumpkin, which is a would have been my benchmark for any pumpkin beer. That was and always mine, and then Southern the coffee tier. with this pumpkin is great, but I like I always like pumpkin better. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you why. I'm, I'm like the least nuanced uh, beer drinker. I'm pretty much pass fail for the most time. I either will order something again or I won't. And it's okay either way. There's, I've had beers that people say are unicorn beers, and I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. You know, yeah. I'm good. That was, I had it, great. Um, but my tastes do change a lot too, which seems to be common in the industry. My, well, I my think palates, as you get older, my palate's definitely shifted like <laughs> three or four times. Yeah, this along is the this way. is, but this is phenomenal. This is another one of Rick's. Yeah. yeah, and wait until you see the next variant of it. I mean, I don't know. If I'm allowed to talk about it yet, but it's uh, it's it's, Get to it's, it's in some barrels right now, waiting to be uh, waiting to be bottled up. So same beer, but in a barrel. Now it's on tap, and it's, it's on in tap can. and in cans right now. Yeah, and this is a. I don't know what to say about this beer right now. It's just it's, a phenomenal pumpkin yeah. beer. I wish it didn't have so much coffee in it, and it wasn't so late right now, because I would I would definitely have two or three of them. Yeah. So let's, as, as we wind this up, I usually end on two fun questions. Sure. And I'm not sure if you've listened to podcasts before, whether you have or have, it doesn't matter. Yep. But I end on two fun questions. I actually watch them. I watch them on uh, YouTube mostly. Okay. Yeah. One is, if you could have a billboard, what would it be and why? If I could have the billboard? If you could have any billboard. Oh, any billboard. What would it say? What would it be and why? Oh, man. Right now, it would just say be kind. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
because uh, it's we're we're living in a day and age that I think a lot of people thought was impossible in this country um, between the pandemic, obviously, and just the 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 growing divide and, and disconnect in this country between people as I, I've certainly never experienced a time like this in my life. I hope we get on the other side of it soon and we never do again, but everybody needs to just slow the fuck down and just, just try and just have some empathy. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a big part of it, you know? So yeah, yeah. it would say be kind. And we're joined with Buddy Harris now. Mr. Mr. Buddy yeah. Harris, the famous, uh, world famous, recently How opened, you, recently opened for David Tell. Famous. What's up? <laughs> so we're, we're 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 wrapping up, and and I just said to Andrew, I asked him if he could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why. And now I'm going to wrap it up. Do you remember the show Inside the Actors? I sure do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. James Lipton. James Lipton, thank yeah, you. Yeah, the maybe the server, third yeah. or fourth person possibly yeah. to remember that. <laughs> Buddy's looking at me with four heads right now. <laughs> yes. You ever watch Inside the Actor Studio? Oh, it's fantastic. How's it going, man? How's it going? Oh, I thought it was one of the ones that were, that were with us. That's why I came uh, out. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. <laughs> yeah, how <you> doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. What was the guy's name that came out? Oh, for one crap. Me. Oh, Doug. Yeah, Doug. Doug. Oh, Doug. Doug. Okay, yeah, Doug, yeah. I thought he was Doug. That's He's I not allowed on this property. <laughs> <laughs> Still owes you money, huh? Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the damage from the last <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> but James Lipton James ended Lipton. his show mm-hmm. with a famous question. What's your favorite curse word? That's uh, fuck. Yeah, all day. All day, <laughs> every day. It's Because you can use it any way. You can use it in anger. You can use it in happiness. You can use it as an adjective, as a verb, as a noun, as a, you know, like, it's just... It's so versatile. And I, I'm, with my two-year-old, I'm horrible about my language. And I'm kind of at the point where I'm just lying to myself saying, we don't, I don't want to censor her life. You know, that's how I kind of explain it away to myself. Because yeah. daddy's going to talk like this forever. Daddy's first job was selling auto parts in a back room where guys smoked cigarettes and ate hamburgers all day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I... That's not an excuse. It's just the reason why just I talk the, the way I do. And, well, people, well, people will sit in front of Vinny and go, oh, I'm sorry, Vinny. And he'll yeah. go, are you kidding? Yeah. I drive with him. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know more just in driving with him than what you just yeah. said. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely fucking. And, buddy, your, your daughters. With <laughs> my, <laughs> that was one of her first sentences was fucking. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them. That's yeah. a fantastic sentence. That's uh, a, that just shows the beauty of fuck because yeah. so those, that's two of the most powerful words in the and world right there. I tell that on stage, it's, yeah. it, it's like I couldn't yeah. be mad because it's one of the most powerful yep. sentences yep. ever. Yeah. Sometimes I was, I was, you just have to say fuck it. I was quoting you back to you. I've seen that bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, I know, it's no, it's, 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 it's great on stage and it's true in life. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> but he has three but daughters, that, by the way. Yeah, but that one's too easy. Like, you know what? So, uh, but I... At so one point, Buddy's going to say, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love fuck as, yeah. a, as a curse word. Yeah. Uh, and I like what you said about your daughter because, you know, it's funny, like, growing up, like, you would hear, like, oh, if you curse, you're bad. Like, it's like you're a bad You're a bad person. person. Oh, I and went to I Catholic school. I know all about that. Yeah. Curse a lot. And then yeah. good people, they say the people smarter, that don't curse are. They say the smartest and, and strongest leaders curse like it's nobody's yeah. business. Well, you know what that always stick yeah. out to me is, uh, is if you... If you curse too much, it's because you're too lazy to figure out if 
a better word. Sometimes I do that, think that that's, that's true. true that's to true. A degree, that's true. Like if you take that, like for like on stage yeah. purposes. Uh, my favorite curse word is cunt, though. Because <laughs> it's the only one that still has value. Like, you say that, and people stop. Like, I it's said it's definitely, men, and you guys are like, Ew. It definitely does stop people in their tracks, that especially when they're being recorded. Like, you want it's ass. It still has. It. It's uh, if you want to, if you if you're really going for full effect, I want shock and all right yeah. now. There's only one word that you can it's say. That's yeah, yeah, that's acceptable to say. That is. Um, oh God. Well, and uh, I, I was like, what was it? Keeper. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, I opened up the door. Keeper Sutherland. I think. What, what was it? Was his motherfucker when he was on James Lipton? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was so good because yeah. he said it like so, like, he said it like it was Shakespeare. It's like, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine Very that. Very dramatic. Accents, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Andrew, I thank you for joining me tonight. A pleasure. Buddy. Sorry to. Appreciate you. Uh, no. Yeah. Love yeah, it. Yeah. Appreciate you letting me, uh, letting us come here tonight and do this. Um, you want to do a shameless plug real quick? While you're sitting here, what's going on at DLT? Anything, anything that people should get here for? No, you know what? We're focusing on lunches. We're going to be doing some uh, lunch specials, which we've never done before. So uh, that'll be coming up in the next week or two. But Boom. other than that, it's uh, business as usual. All right. Now with the POS. Yeah. Now with the POS. <laughs> with seats. If anybody needs tech support in their toast POS, ask Buddy. He has uh, he's got <laughs> a lot, right? <laughs> Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in uh, to this week's episode. Uh, I'll be back next week. I got a couple lined up, some great guests. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you, buddy. Thanks, sir. Thank you, Lansdale Tavern, and I will see you all next week. Thanks again for listening to this episode. For more information on Headway Art Collective, the showcases, and the artists, follow, like, subscribe on Facebook at Headway Art Collective, Instagram at Headway Art, and coming soon, the website, headwayartcollective.com. Remember, support local, buy local.